is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cosmos and the City, the Sex and the City podcast. My name is Megan McKeever, and I'll be your host slash drinking buddy for the next hour or so. Now, for those of you listening for the very first time, welcome! We'll be watching through the entire series of Sex and the City, and each week I'll have a brand new guest to join me. So this week... We have a very special guest, Peter Moses, and we'll be watching Season 2, Episode 13, entitled Games People Play. If you like what you hear and want to show us some love, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, both at Cosmos and the City, or on Twitter at CATC Podcast. And if you haven't done so already, go like, rate, and subscribe. It really allows our podcast to grow. And if you have any thoughts, opinions, ideas, whatever, you can email us at cosmosandthecity at gmail.com. Let us know you're out there. We'd love to hear from all of you. This show is brought to you by Boardwalk Audio, and they've got a lot of other awesome podcasts, so head over to boardwalkaudio.com to check them out. And if you like this show and you want to support it, the best way to do so is by shopping. Yep, just go to boardwalkaudio.com slash cosmos and click on the Amazon logo to the left and start shopping. You know, buy all sorts of things. You can buy uh, bulk candy. That's always fun. And we'll also put a link in the show notes. Obviously, you guys like to listen to things. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Have you guys heard about Audible? So whatever you're looking for, Audible has audiobooks for every passion, and you get two audiobooks for free when you start today. And you can start your free 30-day trial of Audible by going to boardwalkaudio.com slash audible. You get two audiobooks to keep, whether you sign up or not. So go check it out. All right. Well, enjoy the show. Cheers. <laughs> Well, hello. Welcome. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Welcome to Cosmos and the City, the Sex and the City podcast. Today, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 13, Games People Play. And today, my special guest is Peter Moses. Hello. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you for coming. There is nothing I love more than an opportunity to have some hot gauze. Love to spill that hot gauze. Oh, yeah. And we are definitely going to talk about it today. Because today's episode is all about games. All about games. The games people play. And a great, I don't want to jump into it, but I felt honored to be a part of the Bon Jovi episode. Oh, yeah. Of Sex and the City. He's really cute in this episode. Looks really good. Does he come back at any point? No. This is just when they're kind of firing through cameos of guys that she's going to bang? Yeah. Nice. I think this was also around the time when he was on, um, what's that show? Allie McBeal. Oh, was he? Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not very familiar with the canon of the, <laughs> the John Bon Jovi uh, television work. Probably I, not as, as much as I should have been. I just know that much. All right. Um, so, Peter, uh, before we get into it, tell us about yourself. Okay, um, I'm six feet tall and a Scorpio. <laughs> Great. Uh, I uh, do stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. and I'm a writer in Los Angeles. Um, I host a podcast called Airbuds, um, nice. which is about basketball. 
<laughs> it's a basketball comedy lifestyle podcast. And there's basketball in this episode. There is basketball in this episode. <laughs> I cannot wait to talk about the sports in this episode. It's really, um, it really piqued my interest. Okay, um, also, I have a show at the Virgil monthly called Mixtape, which if you're living in Los Angeles, come check it out. We have a show July 27th. Awesome. And yeah. I think that, yeah, this episode will air before then. Amazing. So go go out. It's every month. So if you listen to it later, come to the one in August. Yeah. And that's it. That's my entire life. And okay. I, have, I have two dogs. Oh. Yeah. Wait, what are their names? Sadie and Murray. They're Murray. like an old Jewish couple. So cute. Yeah, they're adorable. Sadie <laughs> ignores Murray, so they really are like an old Jewish couple. <laughs> um, okay, so what is your experience and background with Sex in the City? Oh, man, great question. I watched the movie when I was spending a summer on Martha's Vineyard teaching children's theater. Go on. Um, <laughs> And I remember seeing it with some people, and it was the first movie, and it was fun. I liked it. Yeah. I and my my experience with Sex and the City was very limited and very tangential to like the women in my life, obviously. Um, but I have definitely watched, when I think of Sex and the City, I think of the later seasons of Sex and the City. Mm-hmm. So how many seasons were there? There's six seasons. So I think of like four to six as probably what I was familiar with because also when this came out I was like 11 or like so this episode was in 1999 yeah I think so yeah it was like or 2000 yeah it was like 12 13 something like that so I wasn't even aware of its existence at this time this (laughs) is an amazing time capsule yes this late 90s because it almost feels like it's in the 80s in a way Mm -hmm. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves but my um, my knowledge is pretty limited. I mean, I I know who all the characters are. I know their traits. Um, I just want to get out there right away. Charlotte is my favorite one. I think it's maybe because she ends up with like a very nebbish Jew that I relate to. <laughs> um, so I was a little disappointed that this was like a very Charlotte light episode. I know. Um, it's okay. You can't have them all in there. Um, so yeah, I feel like my knowledge is um, pretty good for not knowing anything about it. And I mean, I know who Big is. Like, I saw the first movie, so I was like, they got married, right? They got married in the first movie? They did. Yeah. Um, sorry. Finally. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> um, for a movie that came out like 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, so I'm pretty comfortable to talk about it. And I've also been up on some of the hot gaz between Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh. Um, that basically, they hate each other. Um, and I don't know if it's more so they hate each other, but Kim Cattrall just wants nothing to do with Sarah Jessica Parker. Well, yeah, I guess it's one-sided. <laughs> I guess Sarah Jessica Parker tries to keep on a good face and Kim Cattrall's like, absolutely not. Like, yeah. step away. Um, and I like Kim Cattrall for that. I think that's, I'm, I don't, I'm, I don't know anything about it, but I'm just picking her side. Sure. So that's just, I'm, I'm going to stay neutral. Okay. I feel like that's important for you because you have a podcast about all of them and you yeah. really have to dig in from all sides. But, you know, I always say sometimes there are people that are meant to be in your life for a certain amount of time and then they leave and that's okay. That is okay. That's a really amazingly <laughs> mature approach to life in general. Yeah. But the thing is with like Facebook and Instagram, we keep all these people in our lives forever that should not be there anymore. I think that's so true. And also, when you're going through periods of transition, like it's difficult to let go of some of those people sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Like it's 
I have I have such great friends from high school, but like we can't if I'm gonna stay friends the same way with people who live across the country, then I'm not like giving myself to the people in my life that I could be meeting on a daily basis where right, I live. Exactly. It's not about disliking other people as much as it is like just giving yourself over to living in the moment of where you are. Yeah. God, Sex in the City. Thanks for being my therapy. <laughs> this is great. Speaking of therapy, yes! there's therapy in this episode. All about therapy. <laughs> yeah, so let's do a quick recap. Um, basically, Carrie and Big have broken up for the second time. Already? This is the second time? Second time. He went off to Paris for his business trip, and they broke up. And so Carrie is just in that... Just broken up phase. Thinks she's over it and is so not over it. Not over it at all. Ugh. And she just is obsessive. And some of the things she says is so ridiculous. That is, I think, was one of my favorite. That was probably one of my favorite parts of the episode is how she's so not over it, but is convincing herself that she is. That was a great montage. Yes. I I like the poof. I have more poof in the tip of my finger. Poof, poof. Like, what are you talking about? She was, I think that's such, a, it, was a, it was a really good device for them all to also be so fed up with her, like, continuing to talk about him. Yeah. Like, get over it. Live in the present, girl. <laughs> the present of 1999 or 2000. Yeah. So they suggest, like, maybe it's time to go to a shrink. Yeah. And um, she doesn't really want to do that. No, she's like shits on, she like L. Ron Hubbard level shits on therapy. She's yeah. like, no, this is dumb. I don't like it. Even though Miranda goes all the time. Yeah. So that's kind of mean. And then who is her uh, gay friend? Stanford. Stanford. Yes. Such a weird time capsule of what we think <laughs> gay men were like a little bit. Yes. Because I'm like, I don't like, uh, I, man, okay. Be careful, Peter. Um, does he seem really gay? Doesn't seem so gay. I mean, yeah, I guess. If I saw him on the street, I don't think I would necessarily automatically think he was gay because that's how it works. He was wearing a pink shirt. So I was like, oh, okay. So someone was like, pink shirt, gay. I just was like, I mean, not that, look, you can be gay or you can act however you want. Like, I think that's the amazing thing about the world that we live in. Like, be yourself. It just felt like a, I don't know, it felt like a little bit of like a caricature. A little bit. Yeah. With like some of those vibes. Is that is that wrong? I mean, I'm coming at this from such a far away, unknowing place. What's also interesting to me about that character of Stanford is I watched three solid seasons of uh White Collar on USA. Yes. And he is like this like cool ladies man in it and actually in that show he has like a weird like re- like intense sexual relationship with um the woman from Game of Thrones, uh, Cersei Lannister. Oh, wow. Which is like wild because it was also like after season one of Game of Thrones, but she was still clearly like contractually obligated to be on white collar. (laughs) So it was like, man, Stanford is like getting it in with like literally like the queen from the 300. It was just such a, a weird dynamic. So maybe I'm also, I just can't get that image out of my mind of him having like being in bed wearing like a cool hat with Khaleesi. Or not Khaleesi, with Cersei. <laughs> I had no idea. I want to go watch those episodes. You should. White Collar's a great show. So yeah, but he has like three therapists. Yeah, he's kind of like the, the stereotypical like Jewish New Yorker 
Like, I have so much therapy. It's like, all right, we get it. So after she talks to Stanford about it, she's like, okay, fine. If he has three, I can try one. I can have one. Yeah. And then Dr. G. Dr. G, who I feel like was a supporting character in at least seven different episodes of Seinfeld. I don't know, like, what... Absolutely. I, I, like, I don't know who that actor is, but she, I was like, you have been on, F, you were on Frasier 11 times. <laughs> you were in Mad About You. I don't know who you were. And I feel like Hollywood said no after like 2003. I don't know. Maybe that's not true. Um, and I hope you're still working. <laughs> but I was like, you're every, you're every person who did a guest spot in every New York 90s show for like 10 years. It's funny because this is actually not her first episode of Sex in the City. Playing a different character? Yes. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Like, come on. There's a million actors in New York. Why is this woman getting run? Why does she get a run back? It happens all the time in Sex in the City. Why? They reuse actors all the time. Why? I don't know. I don't know. And Crazy. I would say the biggest one, because he really did play. It wasn't co-stars. I mean, it was a... Um, I mean, Law and Order, I get it. There's like a bajillion Law and Orders and like... You know, someone plays like a cousin in something is going to play like a bartender in something else five years later. Sure. But Sex in the City, there's only how many episodes each season? Uh, 24, oh. 22 to 24. There's 24 episodes in every season? Not in every. It, it changes. It kind of. Like the first season had like 12. And then they boosted it up a bunch. Yeah. And then there was like 22 to 24. But wow. then like the sixth season is like broken up into two classic, half yeah. seasons. The Sopranos she, vibe. Well, because. Sarah Jessica Parker got pregnant. So selfish. <laughs> How dare you? I know. I really like that season because I love the outfits they put her in to try to hide that That's the best. belly bump. Just like, oh, look at that really big rain jacket you're in in the middle of the summer. How fashionable. Yes. They put her in all these like um, baby doll tops and, <laughs> and stuff like that. And they even uh, use her baby. In one scene. Really? Yes. If you remember, uh, Aiden has a baby. Like, like we meet, we see Aiden again, like, way late in season five. And that's her baby? Yes. That's crazy. And if you watch it slowly, I mean, I know we'll get to it eventually in this podcast. We'll get to the actual episode. Come back in <laughs> two to three years. Yeah. Um, yeah, when Aiden turns around, if you slow it down... The baby actually reacts because it's his mom. Like sees. Yeah, and she's he's so happy. He's just like, ah, and like reaches out to her and she's just like hey, She's like, I can't have this right yeah, now. I'm yeah, making like, money. <laughs> we're acting, baby. Yes. Stop it. I don't love you in this scene. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Yeah, she's in therapy. It's very like it's a very trivial view of therapy. I don't wanna like I don't wanna like be the ne- the Debbie Downer of this uh, uh, of Cosmos in the City, but I do have like some legitimate complaints about this episode, and one of them is it seems like a very like a just a basic therapy situation, especially because like The Sopranos is like the most incredible writing in a therapy office mm-hmm. in a therapist's office, so this like feels like. Kind of like a middle school play of what like seventh graders think therapy is like a little bit. Where she's like, maybe the problem is you. Like, yeah. oh, oh, oh. I, yeah. Which is, I was like, okay. <laughs> like, we couldn't have like maybe done like one rewrite on this just a little bit. Just like one little 
I just thought it was like her. I was like, why do you like, if you've never been to therapy, why are you shitting on it so hard? Uh, Samantha. No, not Samantha. Uh, Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I was like a little, I was turned off by her kind of approach to it a little bit, but that's just me. That's why I'm here. I'm here to give you that kind of like sweet, sweet take. Yeah. What, was no. your, what, what did you think about that scene? Well, I thought it was frustrating because yeah, I felt like the writing was poor, but the, the Dr. G was like, so you were playing games and I wanted to be like, no, that's not what she said. Yeah. Like, why would you also, she, I felt like it was kind of like slut shaming or just like shaming her. Yeah. In a little bit. I was like, what do you mean you're playing games? She's playing, she's like had a breakup and she's fucking sad and she's not like addressing the core of what makes her sad. I was like, I could be a better therapist in this situation than famous Dr. G. That was the other thing. It was like, this is like the best therapist ever. I was like, Dr. G is basic as fuck. Like yeah. she's not like, what are you talking about? She's not like, she's like, there's nothing interesting. If you're like a famous therapist, first of all, you're probably fucked up yourself. <laughs> and second of all, you're probably at least like eccentric. Like there's something interesting about you. And I was like, and you're bringing her back to reprise a new role. And she was so interesting last time. I don't know. Well, it was during, um, and they actually, for some reason, brought this back where they do this weird like interview talk to camera thing. Yeah, I so I've seen a little bit of the first season mm-hmm. where the characters did that too. Like yes. the women did that. Weird device. Mm-hmm. Just like I look, hey, we try and we doesn't work and good for them for getting rid of it. But was that is like the other people talking to camera something that was common in season 2 as well or is this kind of like no. a bringback? Yeah. I that was I was I was just bummed because it took up like time that could have been used to like further develop the plot of all the other characters as well, or like give me some Charlotte instead right. of like giving random people like a line that like I don't know it was the nineties I guess people were like dating is weird we don't have the internet really like it did it seemed very I don't know jarring and like to what you said too like she's not playing games she's just like living her life trying to get over a breakup and you're like you play games yeah. And then that was like the whole theme of the episode. It felt disingenuous at best. I guess they just needed it to further the with the sports along. stuff too, like the, yeah. the games like that. I was like, okay, all right, like that's that's fine. And, and I, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Like in your experience of her dating to that point, would you characterize her as someone who plays games? Mm, yes and no. I mean, I don't. I I think the breakthrough in this episode is true. I think Carrie picks the wrong men. Sure. But picking the wrong men is different than playing games. Well, I think if Carrie really wanted a relationship, she would have one. That's fair. You know? It's like you would pick the guy that would give you what you wanted. Sure. And that's what she's not doing. Is that game playing? No. Not really. I don't think she knows any better. I What? Like, uh... Yeah, because like, what would you? What what is her biggest problem in picking men? Is that she doesn't like is big? Obviously, spoilers, but in hindsight, is big the perfect man for her? I think so, because he has the confidence to kind of push through when she's being she's like doubting herself or kind of like trying to like self sabotage. I think they like. I think they like playing games with each other. They enjoy it. Yeah. So she does play games. It keeps it interesting. She, okay. So she does, but it seems like 
in the context of this, it was almost like they were analyzing her character on a macro sense and then tried to kind of jam it into like an episode to kind of like talk about how she's a game player. Yeah. Is that is that like an accurate? I would say so. Okay. Um, <laughs> because then, I mean, I was like, I mean, as excited that she met Bon Jovi then. I was like, oh, this is fun. I'm like, great. But uh, it was like, the, it's, it seemed like the moment the writing was on the part of this joke also seemed like a Coen Brothers movie too, where it was like, this is just like a long joke <laughs> for like the last moment of the episode. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't want to rush ahead. So what, what oh. happened next? Um, well, we haven't even talked about what Miranda was up to. Oh my God. I'm Miranda. <laughs> Future governor of New York, Miranda. Yes. Showing us one today. That's a little head too. That, I, I love her. She's also so clearly the best actor on the show. Yeah. That she elevates kind of everyone around her sometimes. Or she's so elevated that it almost like makes everyone else around her seem crummy in a way. Because she's just so, like you're like, oh, this, this is like an amazing stage New York act. Like this woman is like fucking incredible. Right. Um, yeah, she's so good. Um, so she, she's... Yeah. <laughs> and she plays the character Miranda so well. Cynthia Nixon. Sure. And yeah, it's... Uh, so she is in her apartment and she looks across the alley mm-hmm. and she sees this guy and she thinks that he's like... Giving her like a little <laughs> wink and a wave. Yeah. Or what Carrie says is they're playing peekaboo. Yeah. You know. And when she shows him her boobie... <laughs> It is hilarious. That is like the funniest. Like it's just like the physical comedy to that is so amazing because you don't like it's just there was something so unsexual about it. Right. But also like proud too. And I think that pretty much sums up Miranda's like overall sexiness. She's not really like a sexy person, but it, it but she is and not trying to be. She just picks her spots too. Like she's like, when she's in it with you, she's gonna like let herself like let the the walls down a little bit and right. get a little sexy. But you're not gonna see that like <laughs> like Samantha level of sexiness all the time. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and it's um we might as well wrap up Miranda's story because it's <laughs> it's it's a it's a pretty solid C story. It's like very yeah. clearly like um yeah. That was that made me feel bad, actually, how they wrapped that up. I well, was, they made that guy a jerk. Yeah. Why did he have to be a jerk? Yeah. That was another thing where I was like, why is this gay dude so mean? Yeah. It's just like it's like, oh, you're the woman who lives below the guy I was cruising. Also, cruising feels like a really loaded term to be using. I was gonna ask you, what does that mean? I don't know. When I think of cruising, I think of like angels in America, like in Central Park, you know? That's what I I mean. Look, I am not one to uh, be like the uh, the gatekeeper of gay culture in any capacity. <laughs> um, but I just felt like I was like, you could be like, I don't know, hitting on him or because like cruising also. I was like, cruising implies like you're out and about too. Yeah, like you're you're cruising from your apartment. You're just looking for gay dudes across the street to like. Or just like flirting with. Yeah. Like cruising. Like, like I was hitting. Yeah, it just felt like a really loaded word. And he said it to her also like, ew, straight woman. Gross. Yeah. I didn't like that. 
She deserved better. <laughs> she did. Was, she felt her look on her face. She just felt so I was heartbreaking. Stupid. I think that was another thing too where I was disappointed in general with myself that I wasn't as familiar with like them like kind of like um, later on in the episodes when they or in the seasons when they kind of are settling down with people or kind of in longer term relationships or have these dynamics so to kind of see her get that much egg on her face for someone who I find as like an interesting strong educated like complex woman made me feel like I got cheated a little bit just from her I was like that's such a bummer I mean the, but it was kind of all worth it for the boob reveal the boob reveal is amazing yes it's so ridiculous um Listeners, go watch it if you haven't watched it yet. Or just like Google it. I'm sure you can just see future governor <laughs> of New York. Like, of just I, that's an amazing gift. <laughs> I want that to be a gift. It's like how like, <laughs> I'll have Terrence make it later. Yeah, I have Terrence make it, and then I can just send it to my girlfriend whenever I want to have some sexy time. Just booby, booby. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, Charlotte, uh, her only real big scene um, was when she says that. You know, game playing uh, is the best thing sometimes because a girl can like a woman can control the guy with games or something like that, which is really weird for her to say. Because that feels like <laughs> antithetical to everything that she's about. Yeah, but I was like, okay, cool, and that was it. She needed a she needed a a, a week off. Yeah, <laughs> they were just like, we're not we're not going to have a lot of a lot of Kristen Davis in this episode. Well, I think they're gearing up because I think we're going to meet Trey soon. Oh, so it's like, and that's all about Charlotte. Sure. So they were like, uh, "Let's let's you chill." For and it's like kind of like them just also decompressing from big like leaving. Yeah. So it's kind of transitioning out of that <laughs> part of the the show. When does Big come back in? He comes back in uh, in a couple of episodes when they're in the Hamptons. Oh, he pops back in? Pops back in. They meet at a party that Samantha throws. No, no. They're at a party that Samantha's ex-assistant throws. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And um, he's there with his new girlfriend, Natasha. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so much. <laughs> so much. Um, I, I really, I can't wait. We have to get to the sports stuff. Okay, let's do it. So, Samantha, um, well, all the girls end up going to... A sports bar. On sports night? It's like a sports bar and it's sports night. And it's ladies night, Ladies too. night. Ladies drink free at sports bar. Sports night, sports bar. They all get Budweiser. Everyone gets a beer. <laughs> Everyone gets a beer and a high five and a hot dog. I'm like, what place is this? What place is this? What? I don't want to go. Also, like, what version of basketball is this where, like, everything is undecided with, like, five seconds left? It's like, <laughs> oh, no, we're down by 10. Oh, no, we're up by 10. Sport! Sport, sport, sport! <laughs> it was wild to me. It was amazing to see. It was just crazy in the same way, I guess, the therapy stuff, but it's like, whoever is writing this, and I'm sure women, you can talk about this, feel like this all the time in movies and TV shows when they're being written by a man or someone who like doesn't really connect with how this person would be feeling and they're more kind of like an accessory to someone else's story. Right. And uh, so I identify with that because I thought this view of quote-unquote sports was so silly and so kind of like 
I don't know. There was something like I was like, this is, makes me feel. Like, I guess sports are dumb. I don't know. I was just it was like it's like sports, dude. Sports, dude. Sports. And then this guy who Samantha meets she's Don just, Don, who's big into Mexican furniture or spice imports. I think it was Mexican handbags. Mexican handbags <laughs> and the New York Knicks, baby. It was just like also. The fact that like that guy is like, like that look is like, oh yeah, this is the sexy guy in 1999. He's got a forehead the size of a football and a gray and a gray hair that looks like a mop. And Samantha's gonna have the best sex of the week with him. Well, I think she became attracted to him when he was like really aggressive about the game. Right? Go, 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 team, go! Right. I'll be great at sex. <laughs> Yeah. Which is really, I feel like, the opposite of everyone I know who's like too into sports. Right. It's like painting themselves or going, it's like, oh, you don't have good sex. <laughs> this is why you go to this thing, because you uh, are overcompensating for the lack of sex that you have. This is how you're getting it out. It was, yeah, but I was. it was funny to see her then like name players on the Knicks in like 2000 and just being like Marcus Camby come on <laughs> I did appreciate that that was really that was fun but it was just like a weird over it was so m- masculine like such like masculine energy that was I found a little I was like this is overwhelming for me I would never want to watch sports in a bar where everyone is acting like that like when I watch my team play sports my team just do the sports. I like to be alone in my house. Right. I like to be alone. I don't want anyone seeing me act like this. I like to do it in the privacy of my house. <laughs> kind of like my sex, just in the privacy of my house. So was it accurate though? I mean, even though they were on public, I mean, is that how guys like react? I don't, I don't it felt like a character. It felt like the same thing about therapy. It was like a caricature version of guys watching a sporting event because also there's just more i mean i guess you're compressing it or condensing it for a 23 minute episode of television Mm -hmm. so that i can understand but there was like it was just so one note of like (laughs) shoot it oh you missed it come on man like i've never actually seen someone like have an intricate conversation with someone through a television like that like constantly the whole time maybe my brother that's not true my brother Ethan talks to the television like that when he's watching sports but it just seemed I mean how did it seem to you did it seem like were you just like oh I buy this as like a sports thing yeah I mean I don't know anything about sports so clearly I'm not the target demo of this right. episode I was, I was like just, yeah that seems like a sports bar yeah sports <laughs> sports guys doing sports bar things yeah sports and then I mean it was you know what was funny to kind of forward her uh, um, plot a little bit was when she, when he's like, well, basketball season's over. Time for the Mets. That was funny because at least that was accurate in the sense that like, yeah, both of the Knicks and the Mets are terrible, like always kind of generally terrible. So she was just like never going to be having sex with this guy. Because if you're just waiting for the Knicks and the Mets to start succeeding, then you're never going to bang it out. But also, why would he only have sex with her? Like, and then Nick's won. Yeah. 
Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, I mean, look, I've been sad when the I'm a Cleveland Cavaliers fan and they just lost the finals three out of the last four years. And sure, I've been sad. I'll go, like, get a bunch of ice cream or, like, drink a lot <laughs> or smoke some weed and, like, kind of reflect. But I wouldn't, like, it wouldn't ruin my day-to-day for, like, more than a day. Like, I'd be sad mm-hmm. for, like, a day. But then I would go on with my life. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's why this guy's alone. Yeah. I don't like him. But into the handbags. You would think someone who's like into Mexican handbags would kind of have like a softer side too. I think there's a weird backstory to that. I want to know about it. (laughs) I want to know. Like I don't think he has anything to do with like designing of them or cares about them at all. I think he just has fallen into some kind of business that just makes him money. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It could be anything. Toilet seat covers. Whatever. Malaysian toilet seat covers. It just happens to be Mexican ham. Sure. It was like them spinning or like throwing darts against a wall. He's into Mexican <laughs> handbags. I imagine that's what the writing rooms look like. Sure. It's sexicity. We'll never know. <laughs> well, we might. Maybe. I'm trying to get um, a reboot. One of the writers on the podcast. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And then uh, maybe Michael, Michael Patrick King, trying to get him on. Did he. Um, Write the comeback? Did he write the comeback? I don't know. It, it was either him or I think it might have been him. Have you ever seen the comeback? I don't know. I <laughs> cannot recommend the comeback enough. Oh, that's with um, Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow. And there's two seasons of it. I know this is a song it was about Sex in the City, but one of the creators, I think it was Michael Patrick King, made the, the comeback with Lisa Kudrow. Okay. And there's two seasons of it. The first season was like in 2006 or seven, And it's about this woman who's trying to kind of like start a reality television show. But it's like when the world looks at reality television as if it's disgusting. Right. And it's so kind of like a office level, curb your enthusiasm awkwardness. But like she, but she is like a master at it and so incredible. And then they did a second season like 10 years later where the world we're living in now was like everything is reality TV. So it's um it's incredible to see the shift of like how this character is positioned in the world now that like the world that she kind of like inhabited is like gone completely the other way. Anyways, if you're if you're not watching Sex in the City all the time, <laughs> I cannot recommend the comeback enough. It is incredible. Okay. I will check it out. All right. It's probably on HBO Go. It's absolutely on HBO Go. I don't have it yet. Oh, I can lend I lost you. It. I can lend you some ones. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm just like a guy <laughs> on the side of the street with like multiple HBO accounts. I got a guy. You got a guy. It's me. I'm your guy. Yes. <laughs> I'm wearing a trench coat right now. Hey, who wants it? Who wants all the passcodes? Passcodes, password. It's yes. whatever you want. Whatever gets you in. <laughs> um. Yeah. Writers' room. Where were we? Uh, so they were at the sports bar. The I'm sorry if I've bar. hijacked all of this. No, no, no. No, this is great. Um, I. Really appreciate Samantha trying to learn about sports and sports teams because that is something I can relate to. Awesome! How in <laughs> in, in your in with with your boyfriend or um, with all boyfriends? Just all boyfriends. You're just like I got to try to. It's like with one boyfriend, it was like football, right? It's all about football. With another, it was all about basketball, and they all have their teams. One guy was soccer. So like that 
That's two years I had level. to know about, you know. So Soccer's I'm, like international too. So you're talking about players being transferred from like all, literally all over the world. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, this guy went from Germany to Italy. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, I didn't get, basically as far, as far as I get with games is like, I know like soccer is like, go, right? Yeah. That's what I know about soccer. That's that's um, <laughs> 80% of soccer. You just nailed it. Oh yeah, hockey, a, a guy. So I know there's like three periods in mm-hmm. hockey. Um, and that's fun. I mean, I like going to games because you get to drink beer and yeah. eat crappy food. Yeah. Um, and you know what? <laughs> I got to be honest. Sports, for any guy who tells you differently is a liar, sports is just drama. It's like reality TV. It's like sex in the city. It's just a bunch of drama surrounded around all of these people who are like trying to achieve the same thing. And there's just all this like melodrama around it like the stakes and kind of how people view stuff is so i don't know it just makes me think of like real housewives or it makes me think of sex in the city like the stakes are just the same just with a different chromosome in it yeah Eh. (laughs) no disagree Yeah, no, I agree. I just like, I've just never really been into sports. No, that doesn't mean you have to like understand it, but I think that like the people's connection to it is the same. Yes. I don't think it's like, oh, well, if you like this, then you'll love sports. Oh, no, you're right, you're right. But I think that like, like what I love about the NBA is all of the off-court melodrama, like following the players on Instagram, who's yes. fighting, what is this, is this player going to sign with this team, or is he going to leave, like what's going to happen, who's going to beat the Warriors, like it's all, this guy doesn't like this guy, they're going to fight, oh, maybe they're friends then, maybe they're going to team up and go somewhere else. Yeah, I just, I like, could care less about sure. those people. <laughs> no, as as is your right. But that's, yeah, that's why... Uh, like Terrence, I mean, he's really into football. Loves the footballs. And um, he's into the Giants. Yes, he likes the Giants. And like, but the, to me, this feels like something he just like started doing. He did. Like two years ago. He got into it real hard. Real hard. Yeah. And I'm just like, what do you, and like he went online and he bought like the hat and he bought the he's jacket and a shirt and now he wears it all the time. Loves it. And people like walk by him and they're like, oh, like they shout things at him. Yeah. He like apparently knows what they're talking about. And I'm just like, (sighs) (laughs) I just have to smile and be like, okay. Do you think this is a, oh man, I can't wait for Terrence to listen to this. Do you think this is like a phase or do you think this is like, I am a Giants fan till the day I die now? Because you're right. He dumped into it. Part of it was like for like just kind of like work, I think too. Kind of like understanding like that world. But once you're in it, I mean, I grew up in it pretty hard. So I feel like I've had, at least with football, a little bit of the opposite um, kind of experience where I can converse with Terrence. And Terrence is awesome because he'll text me about my team and we'll chat a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I can always converse with people. (laughs) But I've definitely lost the fire for some of that stuff as I've gotten older with football. I don't think it's a phase. You think he's in? I think he's in it. That's cool. Yeah. Everyone's got to have something. Well, I told him, I said, okay, well, if this is really what you're going to be into for the next forever, um, <laughs> uh, I said that I would try. So I just like picked a team. Who'd you pick? Um, well, I picked the Raiders. Okay. I don't know anything about them yet. This is like fairly new. Do you want me to talk to you about the Raiders? No. Maybe after the podcast. Okay. Just so you know, they're moving to Las Vegas. <laughs> I know. Okay. So that's why I picked them. Okay, that's fun. So so now I can kind of start fresh. Sure. With the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. 
And well, they used to be the Los Angeles Raiders. Right, exactly. But I'm not a L.A. Raiders fan. I'm a Las Vegas Raiders fan. You know what? That's a great that's a great bandwagon to hop on because it doesn't even <laughs> exist yet. I know. That's great. I like yeah. that. And he even bought me a hat. Oh, a Las Vegas Raiders hat? Well, no. It's just it's, a Raiders. It's Raiders. But it's black and pink. Oh, that's cool. Because really for Las Vegas, I think of everything like pink and shiny and sparkly. Yeah. And really what I want is a pink Las Vegas Raiders hat with like sequins all over it. Oh, yeah. It. You know, that's what I want. That's cool. <laughs> I, look, I like I support you jumping on that bandwagon. Yeah. My team is the Cleveland Browns. Okay. They're the worst team <laughs> in the league for 20 years. So um, they're really sad. And so thus, like them being so incompetent for so long makes it hard for me to kind of like watch them yeah, or get excited about football. They're disappointing you. Every day. Every single day. All right, let's get back to this episode. Thank you for letting me talk about sports. sports well, it's part of the episode. Yeah, no, and you know what? To your point, I think that is my favorite part of the sports line or through line, B-Story, is Samantha saying Marcus can be, even though it's like condensed and silly, like she's in it all the way. Like she doesn't hold back and she kind of, I mean, it's only related to her like having amazing sex, but it's still a great quality of hers to just jump all in and not be abashed or ashamed about what she's into and what the guy she's into is doing. Yeah. And I think it's okay. Like I'm going to try, like this is going to be a part of Terrence's life now. And I don't want to just like miss that whole part. Yeah. So I'm going to try to, you know, know about his life. Yeah. And also (laughs) you can know about it and like converse in it without having to kind of have it be a, a huge part of your life. Right, exactly. And I think that's like, it's almost just kind of like learning a different language. Yeah, I'll read a couple of um, news articles. Yeah. And, um, you know, when they start playing over there in the Vegas, yeah. you know, I'll maybe watch some of it. Yeah, well, they get, um, well, do you guys have the NFL package? Does he get to, does he watch the games? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so you'll be able to see the games. Well, we could go to a bar too. Yeah, that's true. It's sports night, ladies night. Sports. <laughs> you go have to, sports. You have to scream sports whenever you go watch the Raiders. That, that's pretty much what I do now for any game. That's good. Go team go. Go team go. Get those points. All encompassing. So, Carrie and Seth, they make a date. And uh, they go out. And you know what? She's like, I'm not going to play games with this guy. Even though I'm putting on... A super nice dress for this, for Mr. for Mrs. for Mr. G for Doctor G. Doctor G. Yes. Doctor G's therapy session. Um, also, uh, yeah, though, I'm not playing games. You know what? Let's just go out with each other like adults. Let's just be adults. Yeah. They really make a game of like how straightforward they're being with each other. Yeah, and she's like, I just, you know, I like you. I like you too. I like you too. Yeah. yeah. I was like. This is a fucking game. This is a game. They don't even know they're playing the game. Yeah. But they're like, it's. I felt like it was like going out with someone when you're like in high school and you both just learned how to drive. So you're like doing what you think other people do on a normal date, you know? (laughs) It's like, this is how that works. Well, and then they this whole game theme, it's like they hit it really Ooh, hard. The twister thing was I was like, I'm this is why I was like, I'm out on this. Yeah. I can't I can't believe it. Because like she does not have Twister in her apartment. No, she not only does she have Twister, she has like every board game yeah. from my childhood. Like I was like, Oh, 
When have you used these, Carrie? Never. When will we see these again? No. Yeah, that's The right. only game we ever see them play is poker. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> a stretch, to put it lightly. I would love to have girlfriends that play poker. Do you play poker? I do. Hold them? Yeah. Do you want to play sometime? Yes. I love poker. <laughs> I do too. I actually, uh, there's a group of people I play with every once in a while. We oh, nice. Yeah, they haven't had a game in like two months, but. Like, if you ever need be, someone, let me know. Used to be every other Thursday. I love Hold'em. But we could start a new game. Are they playing Hold'em though, or are they playing five no, they're playing card? playing Hold'em. In the, in the show, they're playing Hold'em. Oh, no, they're just playing five card. See, whenever I see five card, I mean, I guess there was a transition in the poker world where, like, no one ever played five card after, like, 2003 or something like that. Yes, absolutely. But five card just seems silly when you see it. I mean, as like a poker. It's really hard. (laughs) And also, like, it's not as personal, like, it's not as interpersonal because you're not, you're just kind of like betting off of someone being like, ooh. Oh, that's a good card. Oh, cool. Uh, give me two cards. And you're like, what do they have? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, Texas Hold'em is the best yeah. game ever. I would. I, that would seem a little too like the sports thing, though. Probably a little too distracting from just, they're playing poker. If like Samantha's like, all right, we're burning the river right now. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother show. Uh, but yeah, they play Twister. And also like, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but they play Twister. It's really ridiculous. And then they, like, obviously, they get all inter- intertwined and start making out. And um, this show, this episode, to me, seems to end so abruptly. So abruptly. It's just, like, it's over. Like, I was listening to it. Like, I was watching, like, before the podcast, I was kind of, like, walking around doing stuff and listening to it. And next thing I know, like, I hear the the music, the ending. And I was like... Was that really the last scene? So they're just in bed. It and and, it, and that's why I talked about it being kind of like a Coen Brothers movie, where like it's all leading up to like kind of one joke. Yeah, that one line. But it really, I felt like fell flat because it was also like depressing, not funny, and also just kind of like proved the therapist right. Yeah, and she's good. Dr. G, you know what? You're pretty good. You did it. <laughs> She'll be back on in another episode. Yep, as cat lady number four <laughs> in her apartment who gets in a fight with her. Because she's so dynamic, you know? Yeah. I just, and his thing of being like, oh, I have sex with women and then lose interest. I was like, okay, time the fuck out, John Bon Jovi. <laughs> Even if that's what you do, what fucking planet do you live on where you say that to someone minutes after having been inside of them? So crazy. Look, I have slept with women in my life who I knew this was not a thing that was going to be more than just this thing. But I like, and also I have been maybe not as uh, chivalrous as I could have been afterwards down the road, maybe right. in college and the you know short time after. But I at least thought of myself as someone who wouldn't say something like that. Yeah. That was so shitty. It was so like, so monstrous. I was like, oh, I literally, as soon as I stop being inside you, I fucking hate you. It was so intense. Yeah, and it's... And she felt like she was going through an emotional thing that he really didn't even care. He literally, as soon as he like finished, was like, I don't care about you at all anymore. Yeah, which is insane. It was so, you're right, it was so abrupt and not, and sad. Well, I kind of think that maybe at that point, he just didn't care because she asked him. 
And I think if I was her, I would never ask somebody, why are you in therapy? Or ask them at your dinner date. Yeah. Like if you're going to ask them, ask them there. Yeah, not after you just had sex. Also, like, do you go into therapy? I mean, I guess some people do. But like when I've uh, been in therapy briefly or flirted with going back, I don't think about like that one thing in my life that is like, oh, well, I can't fold my clothes correctly. So I have got to go to, it's like, no, it's like, I got to like talk out my shit on like a larger scale to hopefully better myself as a person and several aspects of my life. Yeah. It's like, this guy's only been going to therapy for one year just to try to care about a woman after he has sex with them. Dr. G, I got to say it, you're on the chopping block again. Not a good therapist. Well, she's got to make money somehow. Like if she just solved all everybody's problems in a week, she wouldn't make any money. That's true. She's very, she's like the <laughs> dentist of therapists. It's like we all know there's a toothpaste out there that just gives everyone no cavities, but then there'd be no dental. There'd be no dental practices. So yeah. So he says, "I what does he say?" He says, oh, whenever I um after I've uh, after I sleep with someone, I lose interest. And then she says. I pick the wrong man. I pick the wrong man. Wah, wah. Credits. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week for another uplifting episode of Sex in the City. And like, if I was her, I would have been like, I picked the wrong men. Okay, it's time for you to go. leave. Yeah, and then she like turns over, like they're going to go to sleep. I'm like, put this dude in a cab, yeah. yo. Jesus. Hey, everyone. There's more Cosmos on the way. But first, a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. All right, well, that's it for the episode recap. Now let's get into some of our segments. So first up, oh, well, we don't have big in this episode. So no good, big, bad, big. Well, I think he was still a presence in this episode. Okay. He was definitely present. Yes. Looming over this episode. Looming large over this episode. That's true. How did you characterize him recently? When their breakup, was he good or bad? Um, bad, big. If I had to characterize his presence in this episode, <laughs> I'm going to say good, big. Okay. Because he forces her to kind of confront some of her own shit. Mm-hmm. And personal growth is always a positive thing. So I'm, gonna, I'm saying good, big. That's, that's my take. Okay. So good, big, bad, big. Good, big. He's good, big. Yeah. Yeah, because obviously he's not calling her all the time. He's not around. He's not around. He's giving her space. But he's also letting, like, she's learning lessons because of his presence in her life. Yeah. And you know what? They're going to end up together. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's all for the best if she's growing and learning. All right. Next, let's choose our hottie of the week. All right, who you feeling? We got three choices. I can't pick Charlotte. Well, oh, usually we do guys. Oh, guys? Yeah, we don't pick the... Okay, hottie of the week. So it's got to be either Don, the sports guy. Yeah. Seth. I'm out on Don. Okay. Do you want to pick first or do you want me to pick? No, you can pick first. And then we have air shaft guy. Right, air shaft dude. (laughs) That's it. He was hot, but he was also like weirdly... 
I don't know. He had like a weird vibe to him. Like he was like, he kind of looked like a Ken doll who'd been left out in the sun a little bit. Yeah. Like, uh, like there was something about him where I was like, this guy was a model. It's like a '90s model who was clearly not capable of saying more than the one line he did. And it must have been like a struggle for them to be like, "All right, be sexy, be sexy now. Let's see a little bit of that tush." I mean, I gotta go with John Bon Jovi. Yeah, he's. I mean, he that last thing he says is like outlandish, but um, yeah, he's pretty sexy and super sexy mm-hmm. and like. Good actor. I was like, this is good. This isn't great, but for like former like hair metal dude to like transition <laughs> yeah. into Ally McBeal and Sex in the City, good looking guy. Mm-hmm. Also, my friend from uh, uh, from high school, Gates Merriman. I hope you're listening to this, Gates. His dad, Art Merriman, looks exactly like John Bon Jovi. It's crazy. They. I will show you a picture after this. They look. Exactly alike. It is wild. So whenever I see him, I'm just like, "Ooh, our Merriman. All right. Okay. I'm pretty pretty good looking guy. Our Merriman. Excited to see this. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Seth wins. Hottie of the week. Congrats, Seth. Um, Be better to women, you fucking monster. <laughs> All right. Up next, let's discuss some wordplay with pun of the week. Oh hell yeah. So did you catch any? What was my favorite pun? I mean, there were some great like sports puns in the bar. Right. Where she was, he was kind of like driving it to the lane or give it to me. Like there was like a lot of those just like, cause there are so many euphemisms in sports where you're just like, oh yeah. Um, so I'd say some of those, but I don't remember any of them specifically. How about you? Um, I don't know if sometimes I get confused on what's a pun. But Samantha does say, yeah, the only ones getting screwed are the Knicks. Yes. That's a good one. Is that a pun? Uh, yeah. Ish. <laughs> euphemism too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's a But euphemism. it's like in the same vein. It's just like I, as much as pun, it's like wordplay. It's like great bantery wordplay. Um, and then when they're playing Twister, uh, Carrie says, well, the voiceover says, in no time it was yellow pants off. You know, I got to be honest. When I saw her outfit, I was like, oh, this is coming from a mile away. As soon as they were playing Twister, I was like, oh. Like, they put her in the, like, in Twister colors. Oh, yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So, let's discuss some crimes of fashion with our next segment, Who Wore What Why? What? Why? Oh my God. This era is one of the most forgettable eras of fashion, I think, of the last like 50 years. It's like, it's so in transition because mm-hmm. it almost felt like the 80s at points. But yeah. then it's like the 90s, but it's like not proud of itself. And also, I feel like when I think of 90s fashion, I either think of like early 90s or actually like 2003. Like, like we're on the way to what I consider actually to be 90s. I thought all of the fashion in this episode was rough on the eyes. <laughs> it's harsh, right? It's, it's like harsh. Makeup is harsh. Colors are harsh. Um, and but her outfit for this day is ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's like a little halter top, like super royal blue. Yes. And then like 
bright highlighter yellow pants or shorts. Very short. Super short. Like, I mean, hot pants. Hot pants. Right. And super tall shoes. And yeah, she's just like. "Mm -hmm." And that's, and that was like, okay. That's, we were just all cool with that. I guess. Also, her apartment (laughs) is so big in this show. I'm sure I am one of a bajillion people to comment on this, but I was like, this is friends level large for a writer in New York. And it's just a one bedroom, but it's just a very large one bedroom. It's just so spacious. Yeah. The fact that they could make out inside her apartment with the door open and her still be like, do you want to come inside? He's like, I kind of already am. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no no one has that space in New York. No one has a space where you're in, in someone's apartment and you're like, oh, I'm kind of outside of it still. And her closet is huge. Yeah, her closet is the size of her apartment should be. Yes. I... Yeah, I would say that was my biggest fashion faux pas. Cynthia Nixon's like Komodo that she popped out of was really funny for the effect of what it was. Yes. But with her red hair too, it was just so intense. I was like, this also doesn't look comfortable to be wearing around your house if you're like cutting back and just like reading a magazine before you go do lawyer things. I guess. That's just her fashion. That's her style. Well, also, though, she she was wanting to play peekaboo, right? That's so true. She, she was kind of dressing up for that. That's true. Yeah. That's true. She was ready to play. Quick access yeah. to that boobie. Yep. Her, boob, her boob reveal is the my MVP of this. Uh, <laughs> it was really great. Um, and finally, we've arrived. You're such a... You're such a... So now, um, you get to pick which one of the main four characters did you most identify with in this episode. Which one of the main four characters did I most identify with? Um, I think it's hard not to say Carrie in this episode because it was so Carrie heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, though, you know what? I'm going to say Miranda. Because I have been on the end of thinking something was a thing and it very much not being a thing. Aww. <laughs> it, which is like, look, I mean, I think we all have to like, if, if, you, if, if you haven't experienced it, then you're missing out on kind of like knowing when the good is good. Because um, like you got to get egg on your face every once in a while. And then also, especially when you're putting yourself out there with people romantically. Mm-hmm. You gotta suffer. You gotta like. You gotta feel like a like a dummy sometimes, or feel a little worthless, or kind of be comfortable with yourself after you get egg on your face, so that when you meet someone that you really like, then you're like ready for that experience. You know, you, you don't know the good unless you have some of the bad. Right. Um. I've also, when I was like in high school, went on a trip to Puerto Rico with my choir. And there was definitely some woman like across the way who was like flashing boobies to a bunch of like 15-year-old kids. Nice. So that that's also why I feel like Miranda. Or maybe the guy below you. I mean, you know what? Maybe it was the guy below me, but I was 15 years old and I did not care. It wasn't, it really wasn't even about her. Yeah. It was just about boobies. It was about boobies. <laughs> um, so you're such a Miranda. In this case, yeah. I don't know. How would you characterize, from what you know of me and our in this conversation, which one of the uh, um, which one of the four ladies would you consider me um, if you were like you know sorting hat me? Um. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you'd be a Miranda. 
you know, like a little analytical. Yeah. Um, probably to a fault sometimes, get in my own way a little bit with that, but also like try to be a good friend and you know. Yeah. Miranda's great. I love Miranda. <laughs> I think in this episode, I think I have to be a Samantha. You know what? We talked about it a lot. You are. You are a Samantha. But you're like in a this episode. Yes. In this episode, you're like, you're showing that commitment of like, this is not a means to an end, but like you're wanting to like share yeah. this with like the the person that you love. Exactly. And she has like a fearlessness quality. I think she is such a um extreme character, obviously, that I think we all have parts of her, you know? Yes, absolutely. But she, there is really kind of like something of her jumping all in, which is really um, admirable and also fun to watch with her character too. Because it's almost like she is pursuing him in a way. Like yeah. She's caring about his interest. I mean, obviously, you know, she is enticed by the sex. So there's like, um, you know, she gets a prize. <laughs> she gets a prize in the way that she kind of like, it's weird because the way that she kind of thinks about sex is like, seems to be, a little controversial in terms of like how you would consider like women thinking about sex, but also at the same time, like empowering on the, like on the other side of that coin. Yeah. Where it's like, she's going after what she wants. Why can't she enjoy like having sex and feeling good and pursuing things? So it's very like, I'm with you on that, that it's like very empowering how she kind of sees something, owns it and then decides it's not when it's over, it's over and she's on to something else because it doesn't make her feel good. Exactly. Um, I, I like that. I think that's a great comp for you for this episode. So I'm such a Samantha. Which one do you, in all of the previous podcasts, which one do you think you've identified with? Do you have a tally? Do you have a running tally of which mm-hmm. ones you've identified with? Or is there a common theme for you? No, there's not a running tally, though. That could be easily figured out. Sure. <laughs> or just like off the top of your head, which one do you think you've, you feel like you've identified with mm-hmm. the most through this segment? I definitely think I've identified with Everybody at least once. Okay. Um, I probably identify with Carrie a lot. Sure. Um, it's hard not to also like when it's really through her perspective. Right. To like not relate to someone because I get the game stuff too. It's like, yeah. it makes sense. We're all trying to grow up. And, you got to keep it interesting though too, you know? Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Sometimes. Spice it up. It's fun till it's not. Yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Peter. Thank you so much for having me. This was a treat. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Well, guys, that's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I want to thank a few people who make this show possible. John Fredette for the music. Check him out at johnfredette.com. Peter Moses, our amazing guest. Terrence Deutsch, producer, and everyone over at Boardwalk Audio. Again, if you like what you hear and want to show us some love, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, both at Cosmos and The City. Let us know you're out there. You can also find us on Twitter at CATC Podcast. And if you haven't done so already, please go like, rate, and subscribe. It really helps our podcast to grow. And, uh, you know, so we know somebody's listening. And if you have any thoughts, opinions, ideas, whatever, you can email us at cosmosinthecity at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you all. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. And we'll catch you next week. Cheers.
has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.